It's time for the Believer, Unbeliever, and In-Betweener podcast. Join in on the conversation as three friends discuss socially relevant topics in view of biblical truth, where scripture meets skepticism. Welcome your hosts, Stephanie, Michelle, and Cheryl. Welcome back, listeners, to our show, The Believer, The Unbeliever, and The In-Betweener. On today's show, we will be discussing video game addiction. And this is something that I think all of us are coming to realize is a more common problem than I think many probably think it is. Uh, We have a guest caller with us today. Her name is Serena Leba, who is very familiar with video game addiction and says that this was a major contributing factor for her divorce from her ex-husband. And uh, she'll be sharing her story with us uh, later in the show. So to kick, kick us off today, I would like to begin by reading a written testimony that was submitted to us from someone who is currently married to a video game addict. Um, she has asked us to keep her name anonymous, so we're not going to be sharing any names, but I just want to start by sharing her story. So this is what she wrote in to us. This is her story. She says, my husband enjoys playing video games and always has since he was a kid. In fact, he is competitive with any type of game, whether it's a board game, a yard game, or a video game. Whatever it is, he has to win. Myself, on the other hand, I do not enjoy video games. I remember being a little bit into video games as a kid. I played like Super Mario Brothers and Sims, but playing any sort of video game now feels like an absolute waste of time. And I get bored easily. I see how much more valuable, I'm sorry, she says, I see much more value in being productive and spending quality time with people that I love. Video games these days seem to have evolved. They have better graphics, more buttons, people can play online with friends. So I can see the appeal, even though I have absolutely no clue what is happening on the screen when I see my husband playing his games. But he enjoys the social aspect of shooting at his virtual friends and yelling into his headphones for hours on end. He also enjoys spending his time off the video games, watching YouTube videos on how to be better at his gaming. She says, I have no problem with hobbies or the hobby of gaming. I have many hobbies myself. I like reading, exercising, gardening. If gaming is the way my husband chooses to unwind after a long day or wants to spend his free time on the weekends, then I see nothing wrong with that. My issue is that once the game, the gaming council is turned on, it's not just going to be a half hour of gaming. It's going to be three hours at a minimum. To me, this seems more like an addiction than a hobby. And addictions of any kind can ruin marriages. She says, since we got married, I quickly developed a negative attitude toward gaming because of this. The amount of time that he spends playing games and not spending time with me makes me feel second in line. I'm not saying that I need all of his time, but seeing the excessive amount of hours that he plays games when he could be spending some of that time with me or being productive in other areas of his life really turns me off. The reason being, video games aren't productive. They steal time. They produce no good fruit for the kingdom of God. They cause health problems. And then she has in parentheses, weight gain, brain issues, and so on. Uh, And they can be annoying to anyone around listening to the constant shouting at the game. On our days off, if we have nothing planned, he wakes up in the morning and games 
from 8 a.m. till 10 p.m. at night. And he won't take a break except to go to the bathroom. And more often than not, I have to ask him to please put away the video games and spend some time with me. When I ask, he usually will get off the games and spend the rest of the time with me. But having to constantly ask him to spend quality time with me makes me feel unloved and not important. Even though these things might not be true, it's how it makes me feel when I recognize that the amount of hours my husband spends gaming greatly outweighs the amount of time he dedicates to me, his wife, his quote unquote number one. Okay, so that's the end of her story. Now, Serena, what do you think about um, what she wrote? Is this something that you can relate to? Yeah. <laughs> if she got him to spend, if she actually got, gets him to turn the game off and spend time with her, she's lucky. Mm. Um, wow. If I ever got mine to turn the game off to spend time with me and the kids, he would be extremely ill and just snap and he was just in a pissy mood the rest, you know, the whole time. So it was pointless. It got to the point where we didn't even try to get him to turn it off anymore. Me and my kids pretty much just ended up going on with our own lives and doing things ourselves without him. Wow. Wow. Now, uh, Serene, I'm curious, was he into video games when you guys first met? Or was this something that throughout the marriage he began to pick up? No. He was in the games way before we ever met. Um, Matter of fact, he, when when we moved in together, he brought a PlayStation 1 and a ton of games. And um, I grew up, like she said, you know, playing uh, Mario with my little brothers and my dad, but it wasn't to the extent that my ex played. You know, we would play every now and then for a little while, but like her, my ex would come in and once the kids went to bed, he would get on the game and he would play all night. And if he ever came to bed, it would be like maybe an hour before the alarm went off. And then he would say, I'm too tired to go into work. And he would call out of work. Oh, wow. I mean, we, it didn't just hurt us, you know, our relationship. It hurt us financially because this was something he did quite often. Um, surprised that he didn't lose his job sooner but I mean it was it was very damaging and I did try he found games that he thought that we would like to play together and I did enjoy some of the games but it was like we would play for a little while and he's like okay you know let's go to bed or then he would say I really want to play another game but it would be one that i didn't like to play or didn't want to play and that would be the end of it yeah now I'm just curious when you were married to him did did you feel alone in this like were there other uh friends that you had that were dealing with this as well or did you kind of feel like alone in this struggle like having being married to someone with a video game addiction I thought I was alone because I had never known or heard of anybody that played video games like that. Mm. It would be, he even, we knew that at that years ago, we were told by other parents that we were going to have to get a computer 
because once our children got into middle school, that they would need to do things on the computer. So he finally decided, oh, we need a computer. And we went and we got one. And my, my son never touched the computer. Hmm. He literally bought it for himself so he could play other games on the computer. Hmm. But I just, I had never heard of anything like this. And I just, I felt stupid trying to talk to anybody about it because I, I don't know. I just felt like people would think maybe I was being petty because I was mad because he was playing a video game. Hmm. Yeah. I definitely know exactly how she feels though. Yeah. And we're hearing more and more about women who are struggling with this, whether it's within a marriage or just with their, their boyfriend. And it's one of the reasons we wanted to do a show on this is just to bring more of a voice to video game addiction, because I can see how it can feel lonely, you know, to think, am I the only one dealing with this? Am I crazy for wanting him to spend more time with me and thinking that this is a problem? Yeah, I, I can see how you would feel alone in that. Um, did you guys ever try to seek counseling? I mean, was this something that he acknowledged was a problem or was he in complete denial that this was even an issue? He was in complete denial. He didn't see what was wrong with him playing the video games. And when I told him that, you know, uh, when you go to bed at six o'clock when you're supposed to be getting ready for work, and you call out of work, that costs us money. Um, when I ask you to come to bed because I want to spend time with you in the bed, <laughs> that mm-hmm. didn't happen. And it's, I mean, it hurt us in a lot of ways. It really caused a lot of issues. And I mean, he's like, it's not that big a deal. And it's like, yes, it is. It really is. You spend more time playing those stupid video games then you do anything else. Mm-hmm. But he was just kind of like an, any other addict, you know, pretty much in denial that there was an issue. That no, was Serena. Such a, sorry to interrupt, but. Well, go ahead. Go ahead, Cheryl. Thinking how much of a, like how horrible that must make a woman feel that like their husband prefers you know, it's almost like you feel like you're being jealous of a stupid game, like the fact that your husband might want to play that all day instead of spend time with you. Like, it just seems so ridiculous that you're competing with a game. I can't imagine what that feels like. Yeah. No, it's, it was, I, oh, hi, this it is was definitely happy. hard. My children didn't understand either. So if she's got you know, children, even though I heard you say that they do play board games, um, it was rare for us to be able to get him to play board games with us. And he was just like what she was saying, so competitive that he had to win. But he, we would all be having a good time and he would just, because he didn't really want to do that, it was hard to for us to enjoy playing together because he we ever we all knew that he didn't want to do it and if for whatever reason he was not going to be able to win 
he would get up and stomp balls and go play video games. Mm. Yeah. I had a quick question. Hi, this is Michelle. Um, is he still doing it now that you, you know, you, you're no longer with him? It, it, did that affect his, like, oh my gosh, I lost my wife and family and kids, you know, did, is he still doing it? Do oh, know? yeah. Okay. Um, I, now granted, I haven't laid eyes on him or spoke to him in 11 years. I've seen him one time in passing when we went to court mm. a few years ago, but I did, a friend of mine showed me a picture of him that was on his Facebook page with his new girlfriend because he had gained so much weight and there he is sitting on the couch next to her with the controller in his hand. I was like, well, <laughs> nothing's changed. <laughs> and that was probably, that was in the, le- the past four years that I saw that picture. So yeah, he's still doing it. And I, I can't imagine that it's, helping their relationship whatsoever yeah that's interesting you know i i have two kids that i didn't realize that wow that this is this is a problem or could be a problem i have um a 23 year old son and i have a 20 year old daughter and my son has been playing video games for years um since he's you know a kid and uh he just the past i want to say a year or two i find him in his room all hours of the night like he'll he'll you know go to work come come home take a nap wake up and like start video gaming up until like the next morning like he's doing it like i asked him i said how many hours a day do you actually play video games and he said about eight hours or more you know and um yeah it's such shocking and my daughter she just recently she has a couple of friends that are um gamers as well and she i find her doing the same thing she'll she'll go in his room when he's at work and she'll go on his computer and she's on there for a good four or five hours and you know I hate to sound selfish but I I am a worry wart I do I worry about my kids a lot and for me I I'm happy that they're you know home I know it sounds bad I mean it's, it, they should really should be I mean because I, I feel like well they're socializing they are meeting friends they do have you know my daughter has a lot a, a big network of people uh, that she knows you know she knows them from church um, and just, you know, whatever people. And for me, I find it safer that she's sitting in a room. I know where she's, where she is, you know? And, um, I know that's just my perspective. I feel like, you know, I, I'd rather know where they are, but yeah, as far as, uh, I mean, that's only, that's me. Cause I have, I'm a worried, you know, worry ward, but it's kind of, and again, it's selfish, but I think as far as if it was my husband, yeah, I think I would be, I mean, that is, that is tough because these are my kids. It's not like I'm re- really requiring anything from them. Um, so that, that is, but I, I'm seeing now, wow, that, that is a problem. That's an addiction. I didn't realize, I mean, is there something programmed in the video games that's getting these kids or these people like addicted? Like, what could it be? It's a good question, Michelle. Yeah. Well, just like any other social media, you know, it's designed for you to kind of want to keep going and not stop checking things out. Yeah. Serena, was there like a particular game that your husband tended to play more than others? Or was there like a few of them that were like the hot games? He loved the Final Fantasy games. Um, And he had all of them up to like Final Fantasy 10 or something. Hmm. What What are those? those, Is it sports? (laughs) Is that a sport thing? 
Final Fantasy? I beg your pardon? Is that sports a Final Fantasy? Because I don't know what that means. No, Final Fantasy is a role-playing game oh. uh, where you sometimes you may fight people, sometimes you may fight uh, monsters, mm. and um, those were the, the biggest ones, but he, uh, Zelda was another one that he really liked, that he would just play. And those games have so many levels that are really long and that you mm. have to go back to other levels to get things. And, I mean, you could play it for a month yeah, before yeah. you ever even finished it. Yeah. And he was bound and determined to finish that game. And some of them, um, you had to be at a certain spot to be able to save it it didn't just automatically save it throughout the game Mm -hmm. and if he wasn't able to if he wasn't where he could save it he would play and be like hey we gotta go you know and he would be like okay well I gotta get to this place and it's like we really need to go to the grocery store if you're gonna go with me then we need to go now Mm -hmm. and I would you know he would insist on going with me but he would sit there and play for three more hours before he could get to his safe spot. That sounds like a slot. And, that sounds like the you know when you go to the slots and you keep playing and you keep playing and you keep playing until you hit that jackpot. That's what that sounds like to me. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, it, that answers your question, Michelle. Like that kind of a format is part of what hooks that addict yeah, in. And I'm sure there's other things also that they build into the game. But what Serena's sharing just there, I mean. That's definitely one of one of those techniques. Yeah. My yeah, son, it gives you that can't stop now kind yeah. of feeling. Yeah, my yeah. son plays mm-hmm. a lot of the black ops. I know he does a lot of the shooting. Um, uh, I know he was into um, Halo. That was a big thing at one time. But now he's into, I guess, uh, I think it's black ops. I think that's what he's doing. Um, and then Minecraft it's, is another one. Mind, and it's so funny. Listen to the name, Minecraft. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yeah, my daughter's is the weirdest game. It really is. I don't get it, but that's the one that my daughter, you know, and that's the one because I worry. You know, she's twenty, and I and I do. I worry about her. I don't like when she drives and all that, so I get very nervous. So I'm, I'm I feel happy when she's like in her room. I'm like, oh, good, she's playing. You know, it's like. <laughs> It's almost like it's hard. Well, when she's 45 and still in that room playing. <laughs> I know. You're going to unplug it and throw it out the window. Oh, it's bad. But it's funny because it's like, you know, and it's, you know, she's overweight. And that's, that, that kind of tells you something, too. It's like she should be out running around exercising, you know. Um, I mean, I'm pretty sure if she was married with children, you'd be yeah. upset that she was in there playing those yeah. games. Oh, of course. I know. Yeah, but for right now, for me, I think but, it's, uh, it's fine. <laughs> right now, it works for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it works for me right now. <laughs> it's almost like these games give these individuals a sense of value and accomplishment that they probably don't really feel in their life in reality. And so it's kind of like an escape to, to say, look, look at how achieved I am at this game or in this world. Look at how great I am. And I can see how that can be addicting mm, to yeah. someone who maybe doesn't feel they have a lot of that going on in their day-to-day life, or maybe feels that maybe they can't or believes that they can't create that in their own life. 
mean, because you think about it, like when I'm listening to you guys share these stories, it's like, man, the amount of determination and focus mm-hmm. that these individuals are applying to a video game, right? That if they could just rechannel that to a career right? or to an exercise program or to a marriage, they would have an outstanding life. Right. <laughs> like, exactly. Your cancer. Right. Um, I mean, my son, I asked him, I said, what is it that, like, why do you play these video video games for so long? He said, because it's, it's, it helps me to escape the reality of this world. That's his, it's an escape for him. He's like, it, it just helps me. He hates his job right now. You know, he's not where he wants to be. And, um, you know, so for him, it's an escape, you know, which is weird because it's a violent game. It's like, all he's doing is shooting, shooting everything. But he seems to enjoy it and he has, you know, friends on it that he plays with. And I hear him, and like you say, the curse, not cursing, but like the yelling at the game. It's like, all right, enough already. We shut his door. We're like, we don't want to hear it, you know? And you do hear a lot of activities going on through the uh, microphone, you know, or his earplugs or whatever, whatever he. Well, that, that brings up a, a quite another question we have for Serena, which is, you know, was there like, was there, was there anything going on in the marriage? Like, was, were there any pre-existing? Nope. He problems, started, so to speak, he was that, playing. that like, you guys were like, that what? He was playing games um, when we started dating. And I told him I didn't want him playing the games where my sons could see that because my sons were, were he was not their daddy. And um, I I told my son, I don't mind my boys playing video games, you know, a little, you know, a little bit, but I don't want them to think that, you know, they can play video games all the time. Yeah. And so, even from the beginning, you know, when we were when we started dating, you know, he was playing those games before we way before we ever got married, and it just continued and just continued to get worse, and. That I mean, I guess the more problems we ended up having, maybe he turned to that even more. I don't know. He may have, but I tried to get him to understand. And we did do some, we took a marriage class at one point and we did take some marriage counseling and it just, it didn't do any good. I mean, he would get mad because he would say that I didn't have time for him or I didn't have enough energy for him. And it's like, well, if you would get off the stupid game console and help me mow the yard or help me clean up the house, you know, I wouldn't be so tired all the time. And I might have more energy for you, but you don't help me do anything. You're on that stupid game all the time when you're home. Yeah. So, I mean, it did, it did. I guess you'd say it definitely did get, he did play more and more throughout our marriage. It got to the point where the last mm, probably four years of our marriage that we were together, he, I put him in my daughter's room because it was smaller and I moved her in my room so that we could share a room. We didn't even sleep in the same room, bed, much less same room. And he took the computer in there and he would stay in his room and play on the computer. And, you know, my kids would beg him to do things and he just, he wouldn't. I was worried that at some point, you know, my son might end up having an issue playing games like he did because they did like to play. 
but I think seeing how much grief it caused me and how much they didn't get from him that they wanted that they just really don't care for things. I mean, they'll play them. They do like to play them, but not like that. It's like once in the blue moon, they might play something. Mm. Yeah. Um, in preparation for the show, I had an opportunity to speak with another woman, um, not the one that wrote into the show, but someone else who, whose husband also plays video games a lot, not to the point where she said it was an addiction, but it's, it was significant enough. And one of her concerns was that a lot of the games he played like Grand Theft Auto was one of the ones she mentioned, you know, the content, you know, has, it has a a lot of violence, a lot of sexual content. Um, Mm -hmm. She was saying like one scene requires you as the player to film your own porno, like to get points. And she's like, I just don't want my child to see that, you know? So, so I think for her, that was one of the biggest concerns. Like, you know, at least her husband's at a point where he's not overdoing it so much, but just having it in the house and having it on the screen. And she just doesn't want her, her child like exposed to all that stuff. Cause the child's still young. Um, which I thought was kind of an interesting uh, comment too, is that the content of some of these games are just so violent or sexualized that um, if you do have small children, I could see that being something you don't want them playing or being exposed to, you know? Well, I just find it I broke that game. The fact that someone gets off on, you know, ruling the world and taking all the women he wants. And, you know, like to me, that's such a turnoff if that's what he wishes life was like, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that game, I was worried about that particular game. And after I watched him play it one night and um, he went got in the back of a car with a hooker and yep. paid her and then turned around and shot her and stole his money back. And I'm like, Oh my God. Yep. She was describing yeah. that one too. I, I, I remember. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, that's horrible. So I, I told him, I said, I do not want this in my house. I don't want my, my sons to accidentally, you know, or to come in and say, Oh, Grand Theft Auto and put it in the console and start playing. I don't want to you know. I, I literally broke that one in like 10 pieces. Yeah, it was not a good day. These these games are a far cry from uh, when we were playing Atari and Donkey Kong. Kong. (laughs) Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, man, I remember Cabbage Patch (laughs) playing the Cabbage Patch (laughs) game where she had to swing from one vine to another, and now they're like shooting women and Frogger just trying to get across the street alive. (laughs) Frogger, I know, right? Remember that (laughs) Space Invaders? (laughs) That's the only shooting game. Spacey, oh my gosh. Right. Like now it's, it's like, a whole like culture, you know. <laughs> I, I had a question, just out of curiosity. Was he was he a believer? Just like did he go to church or anything like that? Or no? Was that part of any his you know, a part of the Yes. Well, he had never really gone to church until um we started dating and I told him that me and my children go to church and if you plan on being part of my life and you want us to continue to stay in a relationship, you're going to have to go with us. You're going to have to to do this. And he said that he would, he's like, oh, I would be willing, I'm more than willing to, to learn about, you know, 
God and everything. And so I brought him into our church and to my church and he eventually ended up getting baptized. And of course, you know, I had spoke multiple times with, you know, the elders and deacons at the church about the issues and they would talk with him and then he'd get mad at me because I sought help Mm. for us. And it was just a, it was a nightmare. We were together for 11 years and it just, everything went south less than six months after we got married. Mm. Wow. And it just continued to get worse and worse from there. But the gaming was probably one of our biggest issues. Wow. Serena, you mentioned that you sought counsel from your church. I'm just curious, did they offer you any advice? Like what, what were they suggesting to you? Was there anything insightful that they shared with you? They basically, I mean, they basically said, we'll talk, we'll get together with them. And, you know, depending on who I spoke with, they'll, they would say, well, I'll get, so-and-so and we'll come out to the house you know this weekend and you know we'll talk to him and and they I mean they didn't really give me anything they just kept saying you know we'll see what we can do to help and they always kept trying to talk to him and let him know that you know this was hurting our relationship and you know it's not really good for the kids to see him stay up all night and play games and then call out work the next morning yeah and that's not something that they need a a trait they need to develop themselves you know by thinking it's okay if they stay up and don't go into work you know when they get older I tell them I said everything that you're doing our children are watching you and they're going to think it's okay for them to do when they get older yeah and it sounds like he just turned a deaf ear to that is that what happened it just went in one ear and out the other kind of thing yep Wow. Also, did did he have family? Like he did, like did you tell his parents? I know he's an adult, but I'm just question. Did, did his family like try to help, or did he have anybody that he respected there? That's a whole other issue. <laughs> he did have a mom and dad, but I would have to tell him. I would ask him, "Did you call your mom today? It's Mother's Day." No, I haven't called her yet, and. Well, you need to call your mom. I mean, that wasn't my job to push him to call his parents on the holidays, but mm. I kind of felt obligated to, to do that. So, I mean, he, but even his, he has two children um, from a previous marriage. And he, once they moved out, you know, he never really reached out to them either for, hey, happy Thanksgiving, happy Christmas, happy birthday, nothing. And I mean, he was just, he was really, he's very selfish. And if it, if it didn't benefit him, he didn't put the effort in to do anything. Well, some of this, the, these two stories that were shared brings up this question for me um, in terms of, you know, how, like, how, how do they get away with this? Right. And the answer to that is, is someone's enabling the habit is the first thing that's coming to my mind. Um, because if someone's spending all day in a room playing a game, let's say, 
I mean, that means somebody else is providing food or providing shelter or providing money or providing resource um, it, in order for them to be able to do that all day. So I'm wondering, I mean, Stephanie, did, did your, your, um, uh, who, whoever gave you the anonymous story, um, how does she handle, you know, the, 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 the point, the, the aspect of enabling. Yeah. That's a really good point that you're bringing yeah. up, girl, right? Because if someone's missing work, not showering, not cooking for themselves. Like who, who's feeding house, this person? Well, who is if, doing you know, that? if they're in the room all day playing a game, well, how are they getting fed? How are they cleaning? Right. Up How's the mortgage getting paid? You, right. I can tell you what my son does. He orders uh, uh, DoorDash. DoorDash. <laughs> yeah, and they pretty much know him at Chipotle. It's like <laughs> he doesn't. Yeah, my they son, know him by name. <laughs> yeah, they they know Joe's name. He just um, he'll just place an order and you know, ding dong. If you know pauses for a minute or whatever food comes and he's good to go so well yeah i mean and cheryl again you bring up a great point and this is this was something that we discussed this this individual and i and there were aspects of her behavior that were enabling and it's something she's working on not doing um for example food she often bears the, the brunt of the meal preparation. And this is a couple where both work full time. So it's, she's not a stay at home mom where she doesn't work full time. They both work full time. And yet she also is bearing the brunt, as I understand it, of the majority of the meals. And so that was something that we had discussed, you know, that maybe there has to be some boundaries around that. You know, he's not just going to have food delivered to his room while he's playing these video games, you know, there has to be some sort of reciprocation or. I mean, I just can't imagine cooking for someone that hasn't left their room all day and I'm, you know, and, and, and I need them too. So I feel like, why would I give them something they need when they never give me something I need? Sure. And I would agree with that. I think taking a look at where how someone is enabling that addict because with every addiction there there is an enabler right someone yeah, who's so, so how did she you. feel about like what what was her what what was her comments to why she would still cook when she works full time and she's not getting any attention probably doesn't even realize that she's enabling you know so yeah i don't think it was right exactly michelle i think it was something that i don't think she even considered yeah Yeah. was playing a role until we discussed it and then it was like a light bulb went off and she was like oh yeah yeah okay that makes sense because because sometimes sometimes you could just be so focused on you know the other person um like the enabler is just saying to the addict, you know, why can't you, why can't you, you know, why can't you change? Why can't you stop that? And they don't even realize yes. that they're providing something that actually keeps it from stopping. Great point. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's what it was, yeah. was just her not seeing how her contribution was continuing to enable this dysfunctional cycle. Wow, it's interesting. I really wonder what the solution would be then, you know, because it's like. I mean, Serena, did you did you feel does any of that resonate with you? 
unfortunately, we just did. We, you know, when he would call in and say that, you know, he wasn't coming into work, that's a whole day of, of pay off his paycheck. And we just, I mean, we struggled. We struggled so bad because he just flat, there was, like I said, there's too many times to count that he would be up all night and call out of work the next day. And we would just, I mean, we struggled paying bills. We struggled buying clothes for the kids, Christmas, birthdays, everything, paying the mortgage. And I mean, I can't tell you the fight that we had because I would be so mad that he would call out of work and it's like, that's another hundred dollars off your paycheck. We cannot afford to lose. You know, we're already two months behind on the mortgage and, you know, the, the electric bills do, water bills do. And it was, it was just a nightmare. It was constant fighting because of him calling out of work or him going in there to play when, you know, we would, me and the kids would want to try to play a game or we would try to want to go do something. And I was not allowed to leave the house without him. So we couldn't go visit friends with, unless, you know, he was going. And then that always turned into a nightmare because he was pissed that he wasn't at home playing his game. Wow. But, you know, and these games you can pay for, these are expensive games too. They're not cheap, you know? And then they're, no, they're not. And then yeah, there that are icons too. Like you have to, uh, during the game, you play, you buy things as well. So that's, yeah, that's, that's expensive. That was one of the things that used to absolutely piss me off. We would save, I would save and save and save and save and save. And then Black Friday, we'd go out, you know, because we lived in Dixon. And we would always go to Nashville, to Opry Mills, to the mall, and have to make a big day out of it. And the first thing that he would do, we only had so much money. Well, I got to go to game. Let's go GameStop first. Why? Because I want to get this game. We we only have so much money. And the game yeah. was 80 dollars. And it's wow. like, are you kidding me? Wow. Yeah. Wow. You know, that, that's another really good point. How much these games cost. And Michelle, I heard you say that within the games, they charge you money to get extra stuff. Yeah. Like that's like the evolution of these games now. It's not just yeah. play the game. Yeah. Okay, now if you want to get this new weapon, it's going to be another five dollars oh, yeah. to get that weapon. And add-ons, mm-hmm. whatever my son add-ons and yeah. He thinks I tell you, you know, my daughter, my daughter, my friend, her daughter is only like fifteen, I think, and um, she had access to a mom's credit card, and she got addicted to one of these video games. I'm not sure. I forgot Roblox or something. I think it's called. And uh, there was like thousand, a thousand, couple thousand dollars like missing from her mother's Wow, Michelle. Card. Yeah, because she, you know, you, you have to levels and certain things you have to buy and these add-ons. And she tried to, you know, make an excuse saying, oh, no, no I got, um, I forgot what she called it. She got scammed or something or, or I don't know. She used some sort of excuse. Um, but yeah, it, it, it turns into a problem because then you can even start stealing. You know, it's like a drug. It's like an addict. It's true. So they start, these games are like, I will say, I, I, I have an addictive personality and I've, I've seen myself get into certain games 
like on my phone or whatever. And, um, and I'm getting really like into it. Like it just, it, it does, I don't know what it does. Like almost like hypnotizes you. And then you get into a pattern of it. And I remember, you know, playing this one game. Um, oh, I think it was candy crush or whatever. It's like over and over and over, but then, then you get to a level and you're like, but I gotta, I gotta buy it. I'm like, I'm not going to do it this time. And I find myself doing it, like buying it, like whatever it was, it was like, you know, 10, 20, whatever dollars. Yeah, I know my husband's listening to me right now and he's like shaking his head. Like, You're getting the bug. I'm getting the, he's like, really? But no, you really do get to a point where it's like, you, you it's like an addiction and, and they dangle the, they, they dangle it over your head and you're like, all right, just this one time I'm going to do it. I remember bargaining with myself, like oh, just this one time, I'm not going to do it again. I won't buy it again. And, um, and I would find myself doing that, like, like buying silly things and, and knowing that I was making the gamer, like the gaming company rich, but I still did it because it was like something that just mesmerized me that I had to do it. You know, cause you get to a certain level and you, and you know that you're so close <laughs> and it's like, but if you pay like $3, you can get that thing you need to get to it. And then you pay the $3, you know, and then you get to another level and you're like, if I pay another $3 and, and I find myself, I was doing that like almost every night. It was awful. But uh, yeah, I mean, I kind of got like that a little bit with Candy Crush on my iPhone. (laughs) Candy Crush, man, on the iPhone, it's like you get to a point where you have to buy more lives or buy more time or whatever. And I found myself dropping like 20 bucks, you know, (laughs) trying to do that. But I got to say, I just, I think what shocks me is like at some point, like I'm saying to myself, at some point, doesn't someone see their life crumbling around them? Mm-hmm. I don't know. You would think that they would, but mine just did not. I, I, I don't know. I guess it's a bigger. Story. I don't know what went through his mind with all this stuff. I'm lucky that he just bought the games and the console which at one point he snuck behind my back and bought a brand new PlayStation game or console and hid it from me for about three months until I found it. <laughs> but wow. at least, wow. you know, he wasn't, we didn't have the internet, so he did not. And the games at that time didn't have the ability to buy stuff like they do now where it costs you money to pay for stuff and get things. Cause we would have lost everything a lot sooner if that had been available. Yeah. It's almost like a video game addiction and a gambling addiction. Cause with gambling, yeah. you see that trend where they just can't stop because it's yeah. one more, one more chance. This is going to be my big hit one mm-hmm. more time. Yeah. And then they're pouring more yep. and more and more money. And you can almost see that is exactly how they set up these games where yeah, it's a video game addiction. It's a it's an escape into a different reality, but it's also like a gambling addiction. Yeah, and competitiveness too, because I know I'm very competitive, and uh, and you do you want to beat the game. It's like it's almost like a quest. You know, you you know, like it like I because I did that when my kids were young. I had the we bought the um, the handheld one. I what it was called, and um, and I remember like just just escaping to that because just just playing the game and getting to a level and I have to get to the next level. Oh my gosh, I got to beat the game. There's only 10 levels. I got to, I got to get to the 10th level, you know, but it'll take you like, like months just to get finished, you know, whatever with a couple of levels. And I just remember it being, I'm so competitive that I had to beat that level. It's almost like you're competing against yourself. 
but I guess with you know the the scale that your husband and like my son and and a lot of the other people it's a bigger scale because it's like a, it's so real it's like it's not like our little iphone candy crush game this is like you're literally it's very real like almost like virtual reality it's like almost living another life yes yes crazy wow well so what is the solution i wonder like well, i wonder what what is it that um like what what do you do what is if somebody's listening right now like a, a wife what do they do like do they leave the marriage or do they you know seek counseling like, what is it do they not boundaries boundary right should they not enable <laughs> them right i think that so yeah go ahead you, you therapists go on what should they do <laughs> well go ahead cheryl and then and then um serena i'd love to maybe we'd love to hear your feedback on any advice you would give but cheryl go ahead you mentioned boundaries I mean, the, the first, I mean, that's just sort of the first line of attack is have boundaries of what, you know, what's okay with you and what's not and making it very clear. And certainly um, boundaries have to include consequence. So, you know, addictions continue because there's no consequence. So, you know, like we were just saying before, if, if someone could sit there all day and play because someone's bringing them food and someone's paying the bills and someone's cleaning the house, well, now there's got to be a consequence. There's either no food provided or there's, you know, no money provided or whatever. And um, there, ne there needs to be a, a communication of, of what's okay and what's not okay and, an, and a compromise. I mean, marriage is a compromise. So why can't there be a an agreement, you know, okay, you can, you know, you could play, you know, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, but Tuesday and Thursday, we're going out to dinner together and spending time. Like there has to be, you know, an agreement where everybody's getting their way somehow. And if that's not okay with the partner, you really gotta, you really gotta reevaluate that relationship, you know? I mean, Serena, what do you yeah. think? I tried setting boundaries, you know, and tried to make it where he only played, you know, after the kids went to bed and that worked for a little while, for a few years. And then he got to where he would get mad about something. He'd go get on the PlayStation and it's like, uh, you're not supposed to be playing that. You know, it's the only TV in the house. We want to watch TV and he'd get mad and he'd fling stuff. And I mean, he broke, I don't know how many controllers because he would get mad about everything, mm. but the, there wasn't, okay, you can play this for a little while, but I want you to spend time with me on the weekend, this weekend. If he just, I mean, there was, it was almost like there was no amount of begging to get him to play or spend time with me and the kids. It was, he would do, he would go to football games and baseball games and soccer games. But as soon as that was done with and we got home, it was straight to the console. And so there was, was no agreement. I mean, there's a difference, of course, between, you know, begging someone that you want them to do something. But there was mm -hmm. no agreement on his part. Like, yeah. I need to participate yeah. more. Like he didn't even, cause he's not going to do something he's not agreeing to. Did he just not even see that he needed to, to participate? 
know, he just, I mean, he, because he was so distanced with his parents, even, um, and I know he had biological and a couple of steps, but he just, I mean, it just seemed like he cared. I mean, he wanted, he kept saying he was so glad that he had a family and that, you know, we gave him, we gave him the family that he had always really wanted, but it's like, well, okay, look, you got your family, but, uh, hello, that means you got to spend time with us and we do things together. That's what a family's about. You don't, we don't just go off in our separate rooms and ignore that the other exists. You have to do mm-hmm. things with us. You know, that's, yeah. I mean, so- that's, that's how I grew up. You know, we we played games together. We went camping together. We did, you know, we went shopping together. We did everything together you know, because we were a family. And that's, I don't, that's my version of what I consider a family. Mm-hmm. But I don't know what his version of a family was. Apparently just people living in the house. Yeah, well, it's, it's uh, definitely good to recognize that uh, people, People have different definitions of of what relationship means, what family means, what people are supposed to be doing with themselves every day. So it definitely has to be communicated, that's for sure. Yeah, as have- I'm listening to, to you, Serena, it definitely sounds like he was checked out. Yeah. Boundaries are a great starting place and looking at the areas, like to your point, Michelle, if someone's struggling with this, you know, what advice would we give them, you know, definitely take a look at how are you enabling that behavior and, and set the appropriate boundaries and consequences. But like what we're saying here, that other person has to want to be there and has to want to make things better, has to admit that there's a problem. Like as with all addictions, step number one is admit you have a problem. And it sounds like with Serena in your situation, that first step never happened. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I he thought can't it had, it, I thought that we had gotten the boundaries set, but apparently, like I said, you know, everything just continued to get worse throughout the marriage. So what were the types of consequences when the boundaries were broken? A huge fight. I mean, we just, we would, I would get mad and be like, uh, hello, you're not supposed to be doing this now. You're not even supposed to have this. Cause I had bought, I had purchased the TV right before we started dating. And it was, of course, you know, we don't talk about how old I am. <laughs> Back several years ago when a 36 inch box TV was a big deal. And, um, I had just bought that before he moved in and I told him that I didn't want his PlayStation hooked up to my 36 inch TV. And I was like, you know, I don't care if you play it on, you know, the little TV, which was like a a 19 inch. And he's like, okay, well, I'll just play it in there. And it was in the kid's room. And every now and then I would wake up and he'd be in the living room like why aren't you in the bed and then I would look and it, he's got the PlayStation plugged up to the 36 inch TV in the living room 
So was, he would go against his word. Yeah. He didn't. It, it, it's like, well, she's asleep, so it doesn't matter, you know, that if I'm on the big TV or not. It's not. It's not that big a deal if everybody's asleep, and I go ahead and play, even though we had talked about him not playing, but just a little at a time. So when I would catch him doing what he wasn't supposed to be, you know, it was just a it was pretty much an all-out war. And it's like, you know, you're not supposed to be doing this. And it's like he didn't care, and he would just no. Sorry. <laughs> um, he would just zone out. And it's like, this is not how we communicate. We're going to have to talk about this. We're going to have to deal with this. And you're going to have to realize that this is not acceptable. We can't continue to live like this. How old was he? Just out of curiosity, what was his age? Well, what is his age? Uh, let's see. Well, I was 26. So he was thirty. He was thirty-two, mm-hmm. thirty-one when we got married, mm-hmm. and it just, you know, like and, I said, he was in his forties by the time I left, yeah. and it was a natural thing for him to do. Yeah. It's I like you are grown. You are too old to be doing this, and. He just, he didn't understand, didn't, you know, why I would get so upset and, or look at it that it was stupid for a grown man to be doing, playing these games all night long and costing his family money. I mean, it was, yeah, I it was wonder, ridiculous. I wonder if, um, you know how they have CR, Celebrate Recovery, you know, it's for hurts, hangups, and habits. And, uh, and, you know, people go, the majority of people go there because they struggle with, like, drugs and alcohol. Um, but there are other people there that, like, deal with codependency and other stuff. I'm really wondering, like, if, if people are struggling with, you know, this addiction, you know, obviously they have to realize that they have this addiction. But I wonder if they have, like, a video game type of, like, section, you know what I mean? Like, where they have drugs and alcohol. They like, do, Michelle. Yeah, that, that would be um, definitely something for people like a recovery program yeah, they need that they need to like an intervention or something because there's something mentally i don't know if he's mentally there's something in his in in the you know the mentality that is definitely because we you know he's in his early 40s you know yeah he's married he has kids and it's like what boundaries you know yeah look the ultimate boundary or the ultimate you know thing is you left him so it's like and if that didn't affect him there's something something's deeper going on there like my son you know like he's you know, I ask him, like, you know, you want to escape reality, okay, but yet he's still doing, you know, he still has his job, he's still very responsible, you know, it's just something he does, he unwinds, I mean, hopefully it won't turn into something, you know, I asked him, I said, if you're married, would you still do this, and he's like, you know, I don't know, he says, it depends, you know, he doesn't think so, but, you know, I think the person who's having this addiction really has to get in touch with themselves, like, what what's going on in underlying, like, the deeper thing, and you know, the people who are struggling with it need to seek help, just like, um, what's that called? Um, Narcotics Anonymous, where, where the wife, the, I don't know what it's called, where the, the wife goes, you know, because they're, they're struggling with it, you know, the husband's struggling with it, so they go to, like, a, a meeting. So, yeah, I mean, the people really need to yeah. go. Yeah, Michelle, there are, 
recovery center centers for this and it's treated uh, like an actual addiction because it is classified as an actual addiction. Um, It is listed in the DSM. It says the DSM five does include a section to help people and doctors know the warning signs of problem video gaming. And it lists a few um, criteria. So maybe I should read a couple of these criteria for anyone who's listening. This is how the DSM-5 lists the criteria of, yes, I have a video game addiction. It says they think about gaming all or most of the time. They feel bad when they can't play video games. They need to spend more and more time playing the games to feel good. That's kind of interesting. Not being able to quit or play less, not wanting to do other things that they used to like. They have problems at work, school, and home because of their gaming. Playing, they play the video games despite all these problems that they have in their life. They lie to people close to them about how much time they spend playing. And they use gaming to ease bad moods or bad feelings. So it's the same as drugs or alcohol, really. Yep. Yeah, so I was going to say that just sounds, I mean, literally, it's it's another addiction that people have to deal with. And just like any other addiction, if they're not willing to admit that they have a problem, which most people that I have met since then who play games don't really think that it's an issue they think it's stupid when people tell them you've got an addiction or you've got a problem you, you play video games too much they think it's stupid they think we're the stupid people for looking at it as an addiction yeah mm. right. yeah because and, and it, it seems like it, it's easy to say it's not harming anyone like it's not you know like the way drugs or alcohol you could die if you take too much Right. So it's yeah. the kind of addiction like shopping or sex or something where people tend to go, oh, who am I harming when I do this all day? You know, exactly. Yeah. So it's kind of like, how do you know? I mean, what do you, I mean, it's like it, that's tough because it's like who, who wants to suffer? I mean, it sounds like you suffered through this marriage for 11 years. That's a, that's, that's really yeah. tough. Yeah. And it's like, who, yeah. how long do you give, you know, if the person's not willing to change then, I mean, it's hard. I mean, you did the right thing. I think you did, you did the right thing by- well, It sounds like the eventual consequence she yeah. implemented was divorce. Yeah. And they do, they look at you stupid, like you're stupid if you even mention anything like that. It's like, it's, and like you said, it's, oh, I'm not hurting anybody, but in the long run, it really does hurt because- You're not spending time with your wife. You're not spending time with your children. You're staying home, costing your family money. It does hurt people and your your life, period, your finances and everything. So, I mean, it may not physically hurt him, but it hurts everyone around him. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, someone with an addiction like that, you know, it's, it's, it's like this pet that you have in your basement, you know, and they're just taking up space and, you know, and you have to go downstairs and bring them a sandwich. But other than that, you, you don't live together 
and you don't interact. Yeah. Well, that's one of the things I definitely drew the line. <laughs> if you wanted something to eat or drink, you can have to get us off your butt and get it yourself. Yeah. I'm not your mate. It's bad enough that you're not spending time with us, not doing anything, but I'm not going to feed you and bring you drinks. Yeah. Yeah, it's like you you babysat long enough. Right. Yeah. Well, I know I I, I did a little bit of a poll in our in our singles group. And I did find it sad. Uh, You know, there there were there were a couple of themes that ran through the comments, but it it was so sad to me when when some women responded with things like, um, like, I'm just glad he's you know, home doing that and not out doing something worse. I mean, it's just sad that to make that acceptable because he could be doing something so much worse, you know, like cheating or whatever. Diminishing it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He ended up cheating in the long run. So Mm. that was, we thought about that a lot. And I mean, a lot. And that makes sense because if you're- the woman- if you're already but, um, living up, you know, you're, you're living apart mentally, you're already checked out as Stephanie said. So it would make sense that it would lead to cheating. Don't, don't mm-hmm. you guys? Yeah. To me, it's like another form of escape. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Serena, you were saying something. I just want to make sure we heard your thought. It just, I think the lady or the woman that he um, ended up cheating with, played games and oh. that's why he went to her was because he she could relate to him better than I could in that aspect even though we tried my suggestion is that they can get into some kind of counseling they can get the person that they're involved with or trying to be involved with to go to some kind of counseling do it but I mean like I said, most of them don't feel like they have an issue. So, yeah. And I know that um, a lot of churches, like our church did, they, you know, they tried helping us, but it just, because he didn't think he had a problem and he thought that everything was stupid, everybody was stupid because they were saying that he had an addiction. When he's like, an addiction is alcohol and drugs. And it's like, no, you have an addiction. You have an issue. Well, I think that's a really good point. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm sure a lot of people think that when they hear the word addiction, they think alcohol, drugs, porn. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like, yeah, but it can be shopping. It can be golfing. It can be video games. It can be anything. Anything can be an addiction. Uh, working out too much. Working yeah, exercise, a job. Right? You could be a workaholic. You could work too much. I mean, anything can be an addiction. Anything. Watching television too much can be an addiction. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It can. But like I said, they people who do some of those things, they don't see it as an addiction. And they just think that the people who say it are crazy because they do. Yeah. And as I mean, long as their life no matter what I down. said, I was stupid for thinking that he had a problem. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, and that's because his life, like anyone with an, addic- an addiction that thinks it's not, it's because their life is still, is still working out fine. Yeah, they haven't, they haven't hit the proverbial rock bottom, right, Cheryl? Yeah, like, like yeah. even the people around them might be in hell, but, but they're not yet. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, and it is interesting, too, because before we really started thinking about this topic as a podcast, I mean, I, I think when most people think video games, they're thinking young kids, maybe college age. But I don't know that a lot of people are really thinking that this is a big problem in marriages with grown men. Yeah. And, and I'm learning just from doing this show that, wait a minute, yeah, it is a big deal. And it is showing up in marriages a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, and, I, it and, is. and no one's talking about it, you know? I have a coworker that has only been married two years, I think now. And she, her husband plays them. And I tried talking to her and telling her that, you know, because she, she, it seems like every time I turn around, she's complaining more and more about him playing. And I told her, I said, I've been trying to tell you, you've got to talk to him and tell him that, you know, this is it's too much because she's, she'll come into work and she'll be really mad. And she's like, he stayed up on the, playing games on my last night and I don't know what else to tell her other than she really needs to get him to admit that he has a problem and get some counseling and they're fixing to have a baby so I told her I said what do you think is going to happen when you have that baby I said he doesn't help you around the house that much what do you think is going to happen when you have a baby Hmm. Yeah. Wow. Well, I would agree with your advice, Serena. I think that's very sound advice. You know, just like we were saying here for anyone experiencing this, try first setting boundaries, seeing where you might be enabling the behavior, see if that helps at all. And if it doesn't, then Serena, to your point, you know, see if you can get that individual into counseling and to admit that, that, that this is a problem. If Otherwise, you can't get them to admit to it, then you're, they're never going to be able to get help. And things are never going to be able to get better in your relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, your friend or your coworker would have to put her foot, foot down and say, you know, I'm not going to be trying to have a baby with you if, if you're not going to participate in this marriage. So she'd have to start there because if she continues to try, then there's no consequence for him. Mm-hmm to try to stop because then it's not a problem. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, um, Serena, is there anything else that you might want to share with our listeners? The only thing, the other thing I would say is if you have somebody that has an issue, I wouldn't let the children if you've got children, I know this sounds kind of stupid, but maybe try to hide it from them so that they don't see it. Make them go into another room. Because the kids, they don't need to see that, that it's okay to play games all day or all night and not do anything else. Mm-hmm. 
Mm. It's just like any other addiction. You don't want your children to be, you don't want your children to witness the addiction that your partner is going through. That would be the only thing that I would, that and definitely try to get them to admit that it is an issue. Yeah. Kids are sponges. They'll model that behavior. Yeah. And what I'm hearing for those who are gamers out there, what I'm hearing from all of us on this call is that we're not saying playing video games is a bad thing in and of itself. What, what seems to be the issue is when it crosses a line, like in any addiction, where it becomes so obsessed, so obsessive in your life that one, you can't live without it. You think about it all the time, which are signs of an addiction. And it begins to crowd, um, crowd out other areas of your life, missing work, like Serena, like you were saying, your, your husband started to do, missing family time, missing opportunities to spend time with your wife, things like that, your friends even, or church, you know, this, your spiritual life just falls, falls away. You know, these are areas of our life that we need to feed. And if all you're doing is feeding the video game, then that's where it starts to become something to really take a hard look at. If you are someone out there who's a gamer and you think you may be crossing that line, set a limit. Say, look, I'm going to play this game for an hour or two and maybe two hours and then turn it off. If you can't seem to do that and it just gets more and more and more and it's chewing up more and more of your time, I would say that's a red flag. That's true with anything, but. Oh yeah, I agree. Yeah. All right, yeah. guys. Um, hey, Serena, I, I have I have a question for you. Um, so, <laughs> going forward, <laughs> dating now, would you like if you met a guy now and he played games? Would that be like a hard <laughs> deal breaker? Or <laughs> just kidding. That would be a hard pass. <laughs> hard yes. pass. Not happening. That would be like the first. That would be like the interview question. So, right. Do you like video games? Uh, yeah. I have actually. I haven't dated much, um, but the, I have friends that have tried to fix me up with people that they know. And when I get to talking to the guys, that is one of the first questions I ask. I mean, do you drink? Have you ever done drugs? Do you play games? Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> that's what, right. that is definitely one of my top picks is like, you know, okay, not forgetting that, but this reminds me a lot of like those guys who are into sports kind of reminds me of this. Like where all they do, they're obsessed with sports, going to sports bars, watching sports, going to, yeah, the I was game. thinking that. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it kind of reminds me a little bit of, of that. It, this is kind of like the 2020 version of that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you know, what's different about that. I think is that once the game is over, okay, it's over. I mean, you may lose them for like, you know, the world series or a couple of hours or whatever, but I think this is more of, these video games, man, once they get you in, you're in a trance and you can't, you can't get out of it. And that's the other thing is most men that do gaming, they don't understand. It's not just hurting your wife. You're hurting your kids too. I really enjoyed talking with you guys. And I hope that something of what we've said has, will help her and anybody else in the long run. All right, everyone. Well, why don't we leave, leave the listeners with our email address? Again, that's un.believer.inbetweener at gmail.com. So if anyone wants to write in with any questions, 
for us or even for Serena, any feedback or questions, feel free to email us there. Or if there's a show topic that anyone wants us to discuss, please let us know. All right. Well, thank you, everyone. Thank you, Serena. You're welcome. Thank you, Have a good night. Bye. Thanks, Serena. Bye. You're welcome. Bye.